No, I'm I'm uh, I'm sitting here and like really glad that Blake is sharing the story because typically Blake's kind of whole mo is like uh, I don't know I like I didn't really do that much and like he's literally the lifeblood of the mastermind yeah uh, of of all of this obviously along with Nate Shot and 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 Dan and his team. Welcome to Startup Chip, a show about the hard work, coaches and community that go into building a company. Today's episode is with Blake Robbins and Jackson Dahl. Blake is partner at Ludlow Ventures, a Detroit-based VC firm, and Jackson is founding team at 100 Thieves, a multimedia gaming and lifestyle organization. After a long week together at E3, the biggest gaming industry conference of the year, we sat down and had a chat about esports and how 100 Thieves started. Let's get into it. Okay, so Blake, you're in town for E3. Yes. How's it been? Uh, it's been good. Been interesting. Exhausting. Uh, exhausting. A lot of meetings. Meetings all of... morning. Parties all night. Yeah. The classic conference setup. Yeah, and and just so many people that are they're there. Like I, I've never been more overwhelmed by people like standing around to play video games. What'd you play? Nothing. Isn't it? Literally nothing? I, I literally didn't play a single game at E3. The lines were pretty insane. Any takeaways of, like, gaming industry as a whole? By the way, Seems Jackson Dahl is also here. Seems overrated. <laughs> I think it's overrated. I'm not really convinced like, on this whole, whole gaming thing. Do people really play games? I, I have a real so takeaway. As, as a quick introduction, <laughs> uh, Jackson is founding team at 100 Thieves. Which is, among other things, uh, well, really, a gaming company. Well, it depends on how you look at it. How do you look at it? Uh, I like to think of us as more of an experience than a company. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a science no, podcast, no, no. right? We're a, uh, we're a multimedia gaming and lifestyle organization. Wait, can you repeat that? We're a multimedia gaming and lifestyle organization. I like that definition. That's really cool. Okay, so, but that said... Just because I want to refocus us a little bit. Uh, this podcast is with Blake Robbins, not with Jackson Dahl. Jackson is the uh, okay. uh, unofficial Wait, guest co-host or, or guest guest. But either way, he's like second tier. So well, uh, our, our stories might be the same. I know. So, so that's what I want to get into, which okay. I think is pretty cool. So this Why is really fun. have me on? <laughs> because of this. It's really fun because Blake is. So here's how I put it. Here's how I described it to someone earlier this week. Blake is like the Nick Fury of 100 Thieves. Nick and Fury. I'm like Iron Man? You're, yeah, that makes you Iron Man. <laughs> I don't so, know if I'm Iron Man. Uh, I'm going to play dumb here because I literally have... Or, okay, so Nick Fury... I, yeah, I have no idea who... So for Nick you Fury's. and anyone listening who doesn't know, Nick Fury uh, is Samuel L. Jackson's character in Avengers. I haven't seen Avengers, so... Oh, wow. Well, basically, the premise seen, of Avengers... You haven't seen, like, Avengers? <laughs> we're, like, we're the topic. Avengers? We're off topic. So, <laughs> Avengers is, like... It's a Marvel franchise oh, and I, I know what it is. within the Marvel Cinematic Universe where like all the different superheroes from the other movies come together. And Nick Fury is the character who like brings them together. I'm not super familiar with comic books and that's not the point of this. The point is, Blake, you are the Nick Fury of 100 Thieves, which is the esports team and multimedia brand or whatever Jackson just said. Um, so if there's a Nick Fury to this kind of super team of, of esports superheroes, that's you. What is your like role in Jackson's esports team. How did this come to be? I like how did this happen? 
like official title or like not official title just like give give us the story of like how you made it happen oh man so i i work for a venture fund uh called Ludlow ventures which is based out of detroit we do a lot of early stage investments uh sort of all across the board but i've i've been a gamer for pretty much my entire life i i started playing video games i'd say somewhat competitively when i was in high school i really liked call of duty my my parents really hated that i liked call of duty but i I played so much call of duty that i I literally thought i was going to become a professional call of duty player i played on a there was a site called game battles back in the day um that still actually exists they were bought by major league gaming and it was like unorganized uh competitive matches and i I literally thought i was good enough to be a professional gamer but i definitely wasn't and around that time or sort of fast forwarding i I went and worked in tech uh worked at a bunch of different places and then ended up in venture and when i ended up in venture there were all these people talking about competitive video gaming and or or esports and i was like I still live and breathe this world. Uh, I, I moved on to playing like Counter Strike and, uh, and I play a lot of League of Legends and, and that. So uh, when I saw these people talking about it, a lot of investors, I was like, I'm gonna really like dive deeper into this space because I, I'm a fan. Uh, I play all these games and uh, ended up writing a lot about esports and sort of what the, the landscape looks like. And one of our biggest investors or an LPs in our fund. Uh, is Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers and uh, is the founder of Quicken Loans and amongst a lot of other things. So he, uh, I, at the same time of like basically everyone noticing esports, I'd say three years ago, there was a little bit of this buzz. I, I was like, hey, we should invest in an esports team. We should talk about investing in an esports team. There were a lot of people pinging him about that. Uh, we talked to quite a few different teams and we kept coming back to, why don't we try and start a team? Make our own. Yeah, exactly. And and, uh, we basically because the argument, at least from Dan's mind, was if he hasn't heard of some of these teams, they're like they're not big enough. (laughs) Uh, Like it's like it's still early enough for someone to make a team. Uh, We we played around with a lot of different ideas, and ultimately, uh, I I basically was a fan of, of a big influencer in the space. His name is Nade Shot. Um, who I'm sure will probably be on this at some point. Um, but he is, is one of the biggest, or he's very, he's very well known for his Call of Duty play. Um, so he was widely regarded as one of the best Call of Duty players of all time. Uh, and, and be, ended up spiraling that into a really successful career in esports. And, and how did you know him? Uh, I actually didn't. I literally, so you like hit him up cold. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I knew him as a fan. Um, I watched a lot of his videos, watched a lot of his streams, mainly coming from playing Call of Duty. He was like the godfather of, of Call of Duty. Sure. And, and in my mind, like the LeBron of, of Call of Duty. And so uh, I'd follow him for a while. And I'd say about two years ago, I started responding to his tweets and he randomly followed me back one day. And I just Twitter, kept. Twitter, man. Yeah, such a good tool. I, I just kept DMing him, uh, and and literally like I Jackson can attest to this, but there's probably like 45 DMs in there where he just dude, didn't this respond. Look, this dude looks like such a dweeb. <laughs> He's just getting ghosted for days, unrelenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was bad. Like I looked like a crazy like you like you have Twitter notifications on for him and everything. Yeah. Like, every time he tweets, you're ready. 
No, but it, like, it, I mean, the DMs are literally like 40 messages of me saying like, hey, can you talk? Like, hey, like, big fan, blah, 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 blah. And Okay, but uh, aside from like, he was a Call of Duty pro, great. Like, what made you think he'd be good for this kind of venture? So, he, the the real, or the other story is Matt or, or Nadechat actually created an esports team about two or three years ago on his own. It was It's called 100 Thieves. Um, he was basically trying to create an apparel line, um, but realized there was a huge demand for him to create an esports team as well. Uh, he used to play for a very big org called uh, Optic Gaming, and when he left Optic, basically everyone was like, we want you to create an esports team, or we want you to have something in, in esports and competitive Call of Duty. And so he ended up creating a, a competitive Call of Duty team. It didn't go nearly as well as he wanted, mainly because... He was on his own <laughs> and, and also managing his own personal brand and everything else at the same time. Uh, it ended up sort of going dormant and uh, was basically sitting as like this IP that he had and this asset that was just sitting completely unused for basically a year and a half, two years. And uh, I basically kept pinging him like, hey, we should bring Brad we should bring back uh, 100 Thieves or like you should bring back 100 Thieves and we can invest or whatever it might be. And it's actually funny. Um, I remember him responding to like one of those and him being like, nah, man, we're all good. Like we, we have really? like, like we, we can uh, like find investors. He rejected like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he rejected me a <laughs> lot of different times. Um, and to like, it's not like to discredit him or anything. I think uh, he just had no idea who I was and, mm-hmm. and that's, completely understandable yeah, yeah. so uh what ended up happening is uh because dan is affiliated with uh the cleveland cavaliers and, and that world when the Cavs made the nba finals uh i guess it, it was it 2016 uh, at this point we uh were, were heading out to san francisco for a game or the bay area for the game and i was like Matt, what if what if I can get you uh, tickets like to the game one? Will you like, come out and talk with us and figure out if there's something that can happen? Uh, and he would, I mean, who turns down? It's like, like uh, yeah, LeBron <laughs> James, like I'm in. Yeah, exactly. So he, it, it was pretty easy. Like he he finally responded. Like, you know, like the, like there's the hundred DMs at this point. He, he finally was like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, he came out and and we basically spent. Uh, he ended up. We ended up going to three games uh, for for the finals. We had him come out to Cleveland, um, and basically every single game was just like we had spent the entire day before talking about what this was going to become. And yeah, that, that's like the the initial sort of story of, of getting uh, Dan and Matt sort of right. together. And then from there, uh, a lot of things sort of spiraled and. Uh, we we ended up applying for a League of Legends or uh, yeah League of Legends spot in in North America, which is uh, basically like if the NBA restructured, was, yeah, and <laughs> like, like, like opened it back up for new teams, and yeah, or it would be like probably uh, British Premier League, basically saying like we're never going to have relegation again. Uh, apply, uh, right. Like open that up to everyone. A franchise, like, yeah. To yeah. be like we're gonna, we're going to have franchise spots, and so and there were like hundreds of applicants. I, I mean, I, I don't know allegedly. the official. Yeah. Allegedly, there were hundreds of applicants. There, I've there heard. were a lot of applicants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we thought we had a pretty interesting case with, with Dan and, and Nate Shot together. Yeah. 
uh, and, and worked on a big application again at this time. Uh, it basically was just Nadeshot and uh, me and and a couple others. Uh, there's also a guy named Jake Cohen uh, who works really closely with Dan that was helping sort of figure out what we needed to do. And we put together sort of this initial business plan or vision um, for what it was going to become. And we 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 got in, and and then they basically were like, hey, uh, sweet, you're in. You basically have like a month and a half until the season starts. <laughs> like. Uh, and get ready. Uh, it was maybe like two months. Um, and, so and then how do you build the people around it? Like now getting into kind of, so that, if that's the backstory, yep. now we get into like how you actually executed on it. How do you put the like business people in place around Nateshot and around, because obviously you're still at Ludlow, yep. like yep. you're not full-time on 100 Thieves. Yep. How do you put the people in place? And then Jackson, you know, yeah, yeah. kind of explain the story of how he got involved and, and all of that. Yeah, so... The basically we we knew that we needed to find like really great people to to run this business, and we knew that like it couldn't just be Matt or Nate running this or uh, me running this from afar or whatever it might be. And uh, at the same time, I had been texting with Jackson for a while, and and uh, Jackson I know is a huge fan of League of Legends, and then obviously I think you are as well, um, and so. We, I, I was just talking with him, like of of us going through the process and like what was happening, and ended up he was a he was a great sounding board basically through the entire process. Like, who do you think we should pick up? Have you heard of this coach or whatever it might be? Uh, and so Jackson was actually like the first person that like officially joined um, Hundred Thieves, and and basically from there just continued to build out the organization. So that I I can go further on that, but I, I think like. Jackson probably has an interesting angle on this as well. So Jackson's Iron Man. <laughs> uh, I'm not Iron Man. I think I'm like I'm like probably like Captain America. He's like the like the third most important Avenger, but like still pretty cool. Wait, so your attempt at being humble is, <laughs> is, that you're is to say that you're Captain America. Oh yeah, no doubt. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not Thor and I'm not Iron Man, but I'll, t- I'll take Captain America. <laughs> I'm okay. some uh, guy that nobody knows the name of. So no, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm sitting here and like really glad that. Blake is sharing the story because typically Blake's kind of whole MO is like, oh, I don't know. I like, I didn't really do that much. And like, he's literally the lifeblood of the mastermind. Yeah. Uh, of, of all of this, obviously along with Nate shot and, 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 and Dan and his team. But, um, yeah, Blake, I, I had been talking with Blake about this stuff for a long time and was trying to figure out kind of what my next move was going to be. And Blake was like, look, dude, I think, I think this, this opportunity could be sweet, pretty sweet. Um, and I met up with Nate shot too and was it was very clear to me, like, I think I, I had been watching from afar and thought esports was cool and um, crazy and different, uh, but also was like, I'm not sure I'm that excited about just, like, building, as as our, our colleague John always says, like, the Utah Jazz of esports. Um, <laughs> but I think Blake and, and Nade Shot's model was, was something that was a little more... How do you build a, a new media company around it's the, the, the thing I sort of facetiously said earlier, which is like a multimedia lifestyle brand. But really, like, I think that's what we're, we are doing. And it's a it's something new that's part sports, part media, part games, part lifestyle. And uh, that was super exciting to me. So I hopped on and, and Blake, again, is far too humble. He was running the business at this time. Um, and I worked with him for a couple of months until we were able to bring on our, our CEO and president, John, uh, John Robinson, who kind of came in to, 
to take the uh, the place that Blake and, and um, Blake and Jake had. But uh, I mean, it was it was crazy, and uh, it was sorry. Where should I be going with this? I'm like, I'm not really sure what the no. I think you've hit it. Is like the the brand that you're building is more than just a team, right? Yeah. Why, like, why does a guy like Dan Gilbert? So to bring it to bring this to a question. Why does someone like Dan Gilbert get interested in esports? Like he already has a perennial finals competing NBA team. Like if 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 he wants a sports team, he's obviously got it, and he, you know, he obviously owns a lot of Detroit and Cleveland. Why esports? Like why does he want to do this? Yeah, I think it's a it's a really good question, and I think it's probably a lot of people are asking that because there's a ton of billionaires that are right or wealthy individuals or big companies, whatever it might be. There's a lot of people investing in this space and there's a lot of eyes. And I think over the past couple of years, it's really ramped up as far as money coming into the space. I think for Dan, I, I can't speak exactly for him, but I think he's intrigued by just how big the communities are and, and how uh, engaged in this fan base actually is like, his his sons uh, play a lot of Fortnite. They play a lot of video games, and they he he talks about it all the time. Like he he thinks this is huge and it's really exciting. And I think he he even realizes like these are the new celebrities and new stars. So I, I I think it a lot of that came from there. But it also it took time. Like I don't think he he understood on day one like what any of this was. And I think the more that he learns, and, and I think he's still learning even to this day, and, and uh, about how big this actually is. But uh, yeah, I think I think he's been pleasantly shocked at how uh, engaged people have been with this, and uh, like I, I I think even like you look at his Twitter and like he he gets just as many tweets about like hundred thieves as he does like calves sometimes, yeah. you know, like in the off season, like people be like, oh, like are you like going to the LCS finals? And it's like. What like he probably was like shocked that like mm-hmm. people are mentioning that to him, but I think uh, the real bet is that this is uh, an opportunity to buy into like an NFL team or yeah. an NBA team like fifty years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it actually in a lot of ways could be bigger than that. So well, to that point of like getting the tweets and seeing people passionate about it, esports I think has already been big, and you Blake are someone who has been kind of like a voice for esports. You know, long before 100 Thieves, I feel like for years, anytime on Twitter somebody is talking about like tech and esports, they always at mention you. First of all, are you are you even able to field the amount of inbound that you have of people asking you about esports? Second of all, always shocked. (laughs) I feel like it's all the time. Yeah. Uh, What are what are the common things that people like ask you about esports? Yeah, I'd say like I, I definitely don't get to answer everyone, but like it is shocking how many people randomly reach out about esports and it's amazing like how many people are curious and and it's ramped up like basically every month and you know like there's more and more people that are trying to learn about it and that ranges from like random consultants reaching out to me to like other vcs to Mm -hmm. uh just like founders like thinking about maybe building companies in the space for what it's worth, this is definitely not the only thing that people reach out to blake for yeah true 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 true, true. many specialties but uh yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But um, as far as like common questions, I think Lake definitely made people like millions of dollars in cryptocurrency. Just a side note, you don't <laughs> yeah, have to also that. that Wait, but... uh, that's yeah, no, that's, that's that's for the next podcast yeah. episode. It'll be it'll be for like the the crypto podcast. The accidental tweet. Let's let's just put it like that. I could have lost a lot of people a lot of money, um, <laughs> but I, 
it worked out. Um, yeah, I think the, the most common question is just like, is it this big? Like, like what's going on? Like, why are people watching this? And for me, it's like, uh, it's like your, what you said. Competitive video gaming or video games in general have been popular, at least in my mind, like my entire life. Like, I've been playing FIFA against my friends or Smash Bros against my friends for forever. And like, it's basically YouTube and Twitch and these other platforms that were built that just enabled it to reach a larger scale. Like when I was a kid, I didn't necessarily know that the best player might be uh, in London or in Korea or wherever it might be. And like Twitch and YouTube have basically enabled that and, and shown like, wow, like you're actually, this is, this is the bar for where things are versus like, like you're just playing against your friends in your community and so i i think like with the recent in, in like innovation in the space it's really exposed uh and, and like blown up the industry so mm-hmm. so to jackson's point of like people reach out to you about other stuff as well so taking off the 100 thieves hat yep. putting on the ludlow ventures hat you've been at ludlow for how long uh about two and a half years at this okay. point and you were telling me earlier this week that like you don't have an industry focus necessarily. You tend to take a look at a lot of esports stuff because you're passionate about it. Yep. You're, I also know you're passionate about crypto and that stuff, and like you're knowledgeable in that space as well. When you get passionate about an industry or a sector, how do you get up to speed and like how do you learn about it? Oh man, from the VC I, I, perspective, I literally like uh, I'm for sure a student of the internet. Like I I just find a lot of random stuff on the internet and go super deep in those categories. So like. I'm really interested in like random e-commerce businesses or like recommendation driven commerce, like all those things. Like I just, Reddit is like by far the most valuable tool for me. Reddit and Twitter, I I end up like going super deep on random subreddits and being like, Oh, this is like what this person, like this mod basically says they like. And like, I look at just like reading everything you can, or are you interacting with people? Uh, What's your usage look like on Reddit? Oh, yeah. It's, it's just reading everything. I, I rarely actually comment. It's more like I'm just looking into like random niche subreddits and, and be like, well, this is really interesting. And then on Twitter, like it's trying to find who like is the quote unquote thought leader and um, who I should be following. But I'm also like not necessarily afraid to just like tweet out and be like, who should I know in the space and crowdsourcing that information as well. But I think like I am very much a generalist and in uh, let people sort of guide me to what those new and interesting areas are. And like that just ends up like every time I'm pitched a new company, I'm just like shocked. And, and like, like how did I not know about this industry or like, Oh, wow, it's really obvious. And like almost every single call or meeting I have, I end up going super deep into that area and be like, Oh wow, there's actually like 20 companies in the space or like, Oh wow. Like there is no companies in the space. And so I, that's usually what ends up happening is I first get introduced to the idea either through conversations with other people that are interesting or like I'm getting pitched it and I'm like, Oh wow. What is this space? And then like go super deep into it. What are some of the companies that you have invested in recently that you could talk about or just in general, like, you brag about your portfolio a little bit? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we we have probably 80 companies in our portfolio at this point. Wow. Uh, sort of was founded nine years ago, technically, I think, uh, by Jonathan uh, Trius is, is the founder. And he basically, our, our entire thesis is like investing in 
what we hope are our best friends. And mm-hmm. we always talk about how, like, if you're taking our money, like, it's we hope it's because, like, you want to have, like, a real friendship with us. And uh, we try and be super hands-on in that regard. I'd say, like, as far as really interesting companies or companies that we invest in, like, I think they're all interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a recent investment that I could talk about. Um I mean, 100 Thieves is an investment. Hey, uh, let's see. It doesn't have to be recent. Just anything. What companies come to mind when, like, we were talking about Sandbird yesterday. Yeah. They're doing really well. Yeah, we're invested in Sandbird. Uh, I, I, so we're investors in Honey, um, actually, right. here in LA. LA company. Yeah. Um, crushing it. Crushing it, doing very well. But they're, I, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're basically automatically find coupons when, when right, you check right. out in their Chrome extension. And right. uh, to me, it's, it's amazing because, like, they basically built a moat using, like, Chrome extensions because most people don't like remove Chrome extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like such an overlooked area where like, yeah. uh, if you can get someone to install it and you're delivering them value, like it, it's, you basically have a DAU like forever. Um, and so right. and it's just always on. Yeah. Science has a similar company called Ernie. That's like, yeah, yeah. uh, you, you make money back when the price changes within a certain yeah, window. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then you guys also are invested in investors in Lumi. As yeah. Well. yeah investors Jesse's in Lumi coming. as well. Jesse yeah. was on this podcast. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great so. episode. She's, she's awesome. Um, Lumi's awesome. So we're, we're and was that awesome. because of the Detroit connection? Uh, I actually don't know if it was because of that. I, I'm trying, I think we've like found that out during the actual yeah. like investment process, but, um, I'm trying to remember who had introduced us. I don't think it was through the, through the Michigan. They were YC. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So cool. Talk to me a little bit about like what it's like running a fund out of Detroit. Oh man, uh, that's like that's by far the question I get the most right? from from anyone. Uh, is just like how how are you investing out of Detroit? Because for context, we most of our investments are actually on the coast, so probably like ninety five percent of our portfolios in New York, LA, or San Francisco. So definitely a little bit unique in that regard. And I think I'm sure it's the kind of thing where you get emails from people who are like, Oh, like, where are you? Are you in the city? Are you in you yeah, know, the I, Bay? Like, no, we're actually not in San Francisco at all. Yeah. We, we like I to remember joke. the first time I saw carpool VC, I was like, Oh, they're going from mountain view to San Francisco. <laughs> I had no, no idea. Yeah. We, we like to joke that like when we first talked to founders, like if, if they're in LA or San Francisco, they just assume we're in New York. And then like the New York founders assume we're in like LA or San Francisco. So, uh, it, it's definitely, unique in in that regard like no one basically it's awesome because most people just don't really care where we're based and i think right uh we're all based there just because that's where our families are and and that's where we were all raised so there's three of us and um all of us were raised in the suburbs of how do you get such good deal flow though is it just kind of like a momentum thing <laughs> yeah it kind of started or, at one or, point or better going, question or? why is it called Lolo ventures uh it's actually a street that jonathan grew up on uh, wait really oh yes. maybe it's the logo is that what uh, I'm thinking of? You're thinking of the wolf or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought uh, that's that. Yeah, it's not. It's not like any great story behind the wolf. But isn't the wolf? Isn't it a wolf? Because it's like you guys have to go out and hunt down deals. Yeah, oh, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. There was something. Yes, yes. I tried. Jackson no. is actually doubles as like the PR. Yeah, no, he was, he <laughs> he set me up with the assist, <laughs> and I just like completely missed multimedia it. and lifestyle. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, the the actual story behind the wolf is like we we wanted like we strongly believe that we go out and hunt deals so how do you uh, do that 
What are the tools for your hunt? Oh, man. Uh, I think every deal is different, honestly, and every company is different. But for me, Twitter has been incredibly valuable uh, as far as finding and still being engaged with people on the coast. And you verified uh, yet? I'm not actually what verified. The hell? They've denied me like six if times. If anyone's Travis listening from Twitter, did. like we need some help. Help, help Blake, please. <laughs> they, they've denied me like six times, so <laughs> I, I, it's okay. I, I don't have like any like crypto bots like yeah, spamming stuff in my my replies yet. So you want to plug uh, your handle? What's your uh, handle? At Blake IR is my handle. Blake IR. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's the letter I, the letter R. I don't know. I feel like that would be confusing. PR Jackson. But to I make sure they find you, man. <laughs> like EIY. That's why you ain't verified yet. Let's go. <laughs> right, well, if you can get me verified, that would be that'd be great. We'll see. What Actually, we I don't. I don't. I, I, is it is it worth it? Like, what? I don't even know, man. Okay, bringing things full circle. This has been a cool conversation. I like how we started with kind of like the story of Hundred Thieves, mm. and then more of like Blake's VC background, making use of the two of you for this last question. Jackson, you came from venture capital. Obviously, I'm sure you and I at some point will record another podcast. We have a podcast of our own. Uh, and What's it called? We'll, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, it's very professional. Blake, you still work at ABC firm and are heavily involved with 100 Thieves. What is it about esports that is so attractive to VCs? I'm honestly not sure it is, is that attractive. I think it's like a, a, no, no, no. a hot space it, it, like any other, but... The, I think the amount of, of venture capital in this space is probably, I don't know, not not as significant relative to, I don't know, other yeah. trends. I, I think, like, speaking from my side and going back to the question, though, like, a lot of people reach out and ask me questions about mm-hmm. this space, uh, mainly just because there is a lot of hype around it. I think, for me, uh, there's definitely a lot of VCs paying attention because uh, the, the young audience, the really engaged audience, and... Uh, yeah, I, I think like those two alone are big drivers, and there's just a lot of people sort of looking at what this this space is doing. But a lot of them ask like, where do I invest, or like, um, where should I like be looking to invest in the space? And the truth is like, there's actually very limited opportunities to invest yeah, in this space. That's a better way to put it. I, I, I think um, it, it's like there's publishers, uh, there's platforms, um, and then basically past that it's like there's there's teams and then there's like infrastructure or like analytics or whatever it might be but a lot of those other uh companies don't really have moats or any defensibility and they sort of run at the risk of the publishers or uh platforms and unless, those you're, unless, you're, uh, unless you're building the official state sanctioned you know, league for sh- high school esports like for, for like those we are with play for those unfamiliar publishers being uh, game, developers, the game developers like Riot, who, who Blizzard, yes. yeah, yeah. all the companies that Tencent owns, basically, and then uh, <laughs> platforms being stuff like Twitch and YouTube and Facebook. Yes, exactly. exactly. And so much of the value in the space really has been captured by those guys, and that that was kind of the point I was making about VC. Is just like there were a handful of investments, and in, I think like the big ones were like betting, uh, coaching, yep. and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of live streaming tools that you you see pop up. Um, but I, I think it goes back to like just defensibility and also like it's mainly risk of the major players. Like uh, we, we've seen that the, the big game publishers uh, aren't afraid to like copy other games. Like we, we've seen in the Battle Royale uh, field yeah. with, with Fortnite and PUBG Explosion. and all of those sort of spawning up. I wouldn't say clones because they actually are different, but uh, very close replicas of, of the formers. And uh, it's a space that's not afraid to 
pivot often. Yeah, and, and, and on the platform side with YouTube and Twitch and, and a lot of companies building these streaming tools, I uh, they've shown that they they're they're very comfortable just making their own tools in house. So yeah. th- those opportunities are limited. And I that's probably something worth addressing is just that the the companies that make the games, the publishers, historically and I think it's starting to change maybe in small ways, but for the most part, the publishers just have incredible amounts of power and leverage um, and kind of dictate the the way the entire space shakes out. And that's why you see somebody like Tencent just going up and buying every publisher. Yeah. Because they're going to control the leagues from then on and they'll have leverage with the platforms and all that kind of stuff. I, I like to describe it as like, it's it's basically, if the NBA was owned by, is, is Spalding the, the company that makes the basketballs? Yeah. Like, it would be like Spalding owning uh, the NBA. <laughs> and also inventing basketball. Yes, and, yeah. and inventing basketball, but also being like, hey, we're going to use three basketballs tomorrow. Um, we're going to so move the three-point line. Yeah, three change feet. the weight of the ball. Yeah, yeah. And, and but basically, like, them being able to change everything about the game um, and, and how the entire leagues work. And, and up until pretty recently, uh, these big game developers like uh, Riot and, and Activision uh, yeah. weren't doing any revenue sharing with the organizations or teams Crazy. in the space. And uh, thankfully, recently, they, they had made those movements and uh, to create a more sustainable like, entire ecosystem for yeah. the community. So. Well, just to quickly plug our own stuff. That's why we're so excited about Play Versus because we're uh, building the high school league and being additive to the whole ecosystem. And I won't talk about it too much because this is not the Play Versus podcast. Elaine and I will record another time. But this has been really cool. Uh, thank you, Blake. You didn't really have a choice because you're crashing at our house for E3. Exactly. But uh, I thought this was a, a cool conversation. <laughs> no, thank you. This is this was awesome. I, I definitely really enjoyed it. And I think... If you ever have any questions about esports or early stage investing or anything else, like feel free to, to reach out. Uh, my DMs are open on Twitter. So just at Blake IR if you, you want to reach out. Cool. Thanks, Blake. Yep. At Jackson Dahl. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Jackson's probably here no, too. <laughs> I'm nowhere near as interesting as Blake, but and my DMs are also open. I'm still probably worse at responding than Blake is. So <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm offering. Thanks, guys. This is dope.